another edition of the UK Law Weekly Podcast with me, your host, Marcus Kleber. This week we're going to be looking at the case of the Crown on the application of B.F. Eritrea and Secretary of State for the Home Department. The citation for this case is 2021 UKSC 38, and this case looks at the policy and guidance documents produced by public authorities. If you have had a chance to listen to the episode from last week, you will know that last week's case and this week's case are related in that respect. However, the factual context of the two cases is different, and so that is why I decided not to cover them together. I am going to try and avoid repetition though, so if you would like more details then I would suggest that you go back and listen to the crown on the application of A to get the full picture. Whereas last week we looked at guidance relating to the disclosure of information about sex offenders, this week the court was asked to consider the guidance that relates to assessing the age of asylum seekers. Schedule 2 of the Immigration Act 1971 makes a distinction between adult asylum seekers and child asylum seekers, with the latter getting more protection because of their vulnerability. However, this added protection also acts as a bit of an incentive, and so there are occasions where an adult asylum seeker arrives with no information about their date of birth and tries to make out that they are a child. This is where the guidance document comes in, and in fact there are two publications that we need to think about. Firstly, there is a set of instructions called Assessing Age, and secondly, there is the More General Enforcement Instructions and Guidance, or EIG for short. Criterion C within section 55.9.3.1 of the EIG states that an asylum seeker will not be accepted as a child if two Home Office officials separately come to the conclusion that, quote, their physical appearance slash demeanour very strongly suggests that they are significantly over 18 years of age and no other credible evidence exists to the contrary, end quote. The assessing age instructions then give more detailed guidance to officials in this regard. Within this context, BF is the respondent in this case and is an asylum seeker from Eritrea who arrived in the UK back in 2014. He claimed that he was 16 years old and should be treated as a child, but was assessed under Criterion C to be an adult and was therefore detained as such. Later, when further assessments were made, it was decided that BF was indeed a child. BF subsequently brought a judicial review to claim that the guidance was unlawful because the reliance on physical appearance and demeanour to determine age is inherently unreliable. He was successful at the lower tribunal, but after the Court of Appeal allowed his appeal, the Home Secretary herself then appealed to the Supreme Court, which is where we pick things up. Now, as we discussed last week, the test to be applied in relation to policies and guidance issued by public authorities comes from the famous 1985 case of Gillick and West Norfolk and Wisbeach Area Health Authority. That test simply tells us that any policy or guidance should not direct officials to act in a way that is contrary to their legal obligations. The Court of Appeal made a mistake by applying a test with a higher standard than this holding that the guidance was unlawful because it did not do enough to remove the risk that asylum officials might make a mistake when making an assessment as to age. However, the Supreme Court held that it is in the nature of the law that there is uncertainty when it comes to the application of rules, and that any attempt to remove this uncertainty would likely be downright impossible. Instead, the aim is that when a person misunderstands or breaches their legal duty, the courts are there to correct that 
and legally compelled a person to act in the correct fashion. In this particular case, it can be very hard to tell whether someone is a child or an adult, but that difficulty does not speak to a problem with the guidance itself. Indeed, the guidance has safeguards in place by ensuring that an individual is only deemed to be an adult if their appearance and demeanour strongly suggest that they are over 18 years of age. The legislative regime differentiates between adults and children for good reason, and so asylum officials must do the best they can in the circumstances. That is all that the Gillick test requires, and anything more onerous might itself end up being unlawful. For example, the Court of Appeal actually suggested that a more appropriate test would be that an asylum seeker should be treated as a child if they are believed to be aged less than 23 or 25 by an official. However, this would likely end up with a large number of adults being misidentified as children, which would not only undermine the purpose of the Immigration Act, but could also be considered unlawful by the Gillick Standard, because it would arguably compel asylum officials to act in a way that is contrary to their legal duty. Ultimately then, the Secretary of State was successful in their appeal, and the guidance was held to be lawful in line with the Gillick test. Before we move on to our own analysis of this case, the judge did make an interesting point about how a higher standard when it comes to guidance would impact the separation of powers. More specifically, if there was an attempt to design guidance that removed any uncertainty in application, then it would require a minister, as a member of the executive branch, to design policies that simply rehashed the legislation passed by Parliament, with no separation there whatsoever. In other words, the discretion that is granted to the minister and her officers is a fundamental aspect of the separation of powers. Furthermore, if the courts were then asked to determine whether the minister had produced rules that accurately reflected what had been enacted via legislation, then they would also become embroiled in executive decision-making and legislative choices that would undermine the separation of powers further. I find this to be an interesting point because when I think of the separation of powers in a constitutional context, I think of the checks and balances between each branch but it is good to be reminded that in order for the system to work properly, separate means distinct. Anyway, as I talked about last week, I generally agree with this approach towards guidance and policy issued by public authorities. The aim of these publications is to aid and assist good public administration, and so to hold these to an unreasonably high standard would undermine any usefulness and also likely lead to a greater amount of complicated litigation. However, it is also worth saying that agreeing with this decision should not allow for a whitewash of immigration policy in general, which is still very problematic. Having guidance is good and the safeguards are useful, but there has to be a clear understanding amongst officials that often child asylum seekers can appear older than they actually are because of the hardships that they face just getting to the UK. There is a clear difference between having a policy and applying that policy in a fair manner. Well, thank you very much for tuning into this podcast episode, and thanks as ever to bensound.com. Now, normally at the end of episodes, I will mention about the paid version of the newsletter that I have, which is obviously a brilliant way to support the podcast and to help keep it ad-free. 
but there is also a free version of that and you do get a free ebook with that version as well. So if you're interested in uh, the ebook how to answer problem questions on a law degree, then do make sure that you still sign up for the free version of the newsletter at the very least. You get notified of new episodes each week as they come out. I tend to email um, a link to the podcast and also a little bit of information about whatever's happening in the legal news that week. So if you are interested, then do check out the link in the description and you can just simply select the free option and you will get that free ebook sent to your email address. Anyway, I'll be back with another episode next week, but for now, bye!